everybody. Welcome to China on the Rocks. Hey, good to be here. Cheers. Jameson Shots. I am here with the wonderful, effervescent, and always entertaining Alicia Bagley on my left. Hey, guys. I'm Alicia, cocktail writer. And Logan, who are you? I'm Logan Browse. I'm from Talkalicious. Logan's Punch, uh, Third Son, and China on the Rocks. Yeah, and to, to my right today, we have a very, very special guest who's actually not really a drinks industry person. We're changing it up a bit, but she's more on the food side. And this is Rachel of Nomfluence. Hi, and everyone. Rachel, tell us a bit about yourself. Well, my name's Rachel Guok. I run a Shanghai food and drink blog called Nomfluence. It's basically a personalized guide to where to eat, drink, and have fun in Shanghai. Shanghai, which is what I consider my home city. And and hold on a second. That's not entirely true that I'm not a <laughs> drinks industry person. I do imbibe. Okay. <laughs> Shots fired across the bow. That's true. She does imbibe, which is, of course, well, why is, we have th her here. This is also an F&B um, food and beverage podcast. So definitely, Rachel, is a person that we want to talk to. Because we want to know what's going on in F&B. We get so myopic in our own views, I feel. And this could just be me, but we only get stuck in our own ways here. I want to know about the new restaurants, the new drinks. What's what's what? There's no Hooters in Shanghai anymore, but what's going on? Yeah, so, well, it's, Rachel, for, first of all, how long have you... So you are a food and drink writer. Let's tell everyone that, right? right? Yeah. And uh, how long have you been doing this So you want me to give a Shanghai? little bit more background? All right. Like yeah. What story? No. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever you want. Tell us a bit about yourself. Or ju no, just how long have you been doing this? Um, so, thank you. Um, so I've been writing about food and drink basically since I landed in Shanghai. So I came to Shanghai in 2011, and then I started writing about food and drink at the magazine I was working at, at the time. Mm -hmm. um, in small bits, you know, fresh and green as I was, I slowly got other gigs that that required me to write in more like back to back sort mm -hmm. of sort of way. So like I was at um, Vantage Shanghai where I first started writing about Madison, Frank, Sushi Oyama, all, all of which are closed ex except for Frank. Um, then I was at Shanghai Wow to start their English language WeChat account then City Weekend um, as deputy editor and food and drinks writer. And these are all uh, local kind yes. of expat-focused magazines, yeah. right? These are these are all expat-focused magazines. The first one, well, was a bilingual luxury lifestyle magazine. And then Shanghai Wow is more like new media, which, which is just digital only. But then now it's kind of like traditional media, mm -hmm. the way things are going. Everything's moving to TikTok. These, what I would call bullshit, 15-second, <laughs> useless videos that you see today and they're gone tomorrow <laughs> and then city weekend was it's kind of like a city guide so a city mag uh magazine website we chat all the same thing and then i started an influence in 2018 uh with a website and then followed by WeChat. so it's been four years going with nonfluence cool can you tell us a little bit about nonfluence what does a uh, nom mean well um Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> is, I mean, is that it? <laughs> that, that's it. So it's the word nom, 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 the first nom, uh, plus the word influence minus the I. And when I created the nomfluence name, the moniker, uh, I did not realize how difficult it would be for people to pronounce it. Like some people say nom influence. Some people really? Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. Well, I mean, so we are in China. We're in Shanghai. Yeah, that's true. So the audience, like if you, if you hit 
an expat audience that kind of gets that, then great. But it's, I want to say primarily like Americans, Australians, Brits, mm -hmm. Canadians, like, you know, who get that pun. But when you hit the French, it's likely they don't get it. But yeah. if you hit the French, they're just going to surrender. <laughs> whatever you do, whatever you do. <laughs> oh my god okay. so, uh, so I want to talk a little bit about like what you do I, I, I always love your reviews and I, I'm your friend I, I actually talk to you I message you and say oh yes. these are cool reviews I love this review or, you help me pick out spelling errors too which I really appreciate it's, yeah. not, it's not easy doing this like one, one woman show yeah. no absolutely not um, now when you do food reviews what I like about your food reviews is that it's very honest place you're not getting sponsorship right away Versus like a magazine that's being like paid to, to do a sponsorship. Like, uh, I won't say the name. Was way too expensive. It's not entirely true that I don't get sponsored but you, but you ads. Also, I think you say. Well, okay, so contact. so how the business works, like a little bit of, from my view of how I've managed to, or what Nonfluence is to me, it, it is a business. It's my full-time job, basically. Yeah. It is my full-time job. So with that, you know, got to pay rent, got to feed my lifestyle. Um, the way I write advertorials, I think, is comes from, comes from describing the place to the reader, not so much inputting my opinion of course there are opinions in there but i kind of keep so it light it's more of an intro rather than a review i call right. it like branding okay yeah well i mean i think for a lot of people especially if you don't know what it is i think you're getting a fair shake if they read nonfluence 100 i think you're getting a fair shake um so like as a especially as a bartender i know if i make something and it's reviewed i kind of feel on the wall mm -hmm. as people do right but I think people should realize if you have a bad review, there's a reason to fix it or how to fix it mm -hmm. if, they, if they give you the review the right way. Like if you say this bar sucks because they don't put enough lime in their mojito, for example, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's something that people should be aware of if you're a bartender or a restaurateur just to make sure you follow the advice they give you in critiques because they're not going out after you on purpose. It's just if you do something, this is what it is. It's in the world now. Yeah. Um, I, so, uh, sorry, while you think about that, I'm going to come back to Logan on that. Like, yes, you should listen to advice and critique, but because you have so many platforms, like, for example, Dian Ping, where everyone's opinion can be different. Yes. I think you have to take it with a grain of salt. It's a grain yeah. of salt for everything. Yeah. But if, like I said, if somebody's like, you know, your mojitos suck because you don't have enough uh, lime. Yeah. For example, maybe enough people say you're like, oh, I m made a mistake on this recipe. Yeah. Yeah. It could be a, a glass of no yeah. ice, sugar water, and day old basil. Yeah. And Sorry. people. Mint. And then people are. <laughs> <laughs> it's green. Yeah. The, 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 just to clarify for our listener, damping is something, it's kind of similar to Yelp, um, but, it, but it's a huge thing for businesses here in China. So, of course, it's the same kind of thing. People can leave their own reviews and people will say, everything from this foie gras is not cooked enough to 
this, this wine should cook too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you even say? It's way neither of which are valid comments. So yeah, um, I would say Dianping is way bigger than Yelp. It's, yeah, I, I mean yeah. Yeah, Dianping is. And there's a business element to it at, as well. There's a back end business element to it. Huge. It's, it's a huge. It's yeah. Million billions. Yeah. The, the, so there's something else that, that I want to talk about with you guys, which is I think in somewhere like the somewhere like the U.S. Okay, uh, food reviews and stuff like that are like pretty sacred, and people never want to see kind of a paid post about a restaurant, right? But here in China, that I, I would say that advertorials and paying for content are really the norm. You know, no matter what industry you're in, there are KOLs and influencers who who oh. pretty much get paid to write about everything, and ch the Chinese. Chinese readers are not opposed to that. So people are, are used to these kind of advertising schemes and stuff like that. And it's not, I think people don't have the same kind of negative perception of it as maybe foreigners sometimes do, right? W would you agree? Absolutely. Um, I also think that it's 100% a pay-to-play market. Yeah. And because it is so rooted in advertising, if you do not advertise, you'll just get left behind. Yeah. If you think like, oh, I'm not going to spend any on marketing... My food is good enough. People will come. You're going to be screwed. Yeah. I, I mean, you just can't do that, right? Like, the way people learn about restaurants here is through something like Dianping or Xiaohongshu or whatever kind of social platform they're using. And, and it's just common for everyone to be a part of it, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And Xiaohongshu is uh, like the Chinese Instagrams called, like, Little Red Book. Yeah. Yeah. And so you need it, right? Now, with all that said, because you've been doing a lot more dining than I've been doing, thankfully, <laughs> where do you go? Like, what, what are the restaurant trends that you are seeing when you're trending? Like, what's trending now? What's cool in Shanghai that we didn't know a year ago? I immediately want to say I fucking hate this question yeah. um, because I get asked it a lot. Like, every year, it's the same question, and I'm like, what is trending this year? I have no idea because what it changes about, so fast. But, okay, where do the girls wear the shortest skirts? What restaurant is that? Oh, my God. Okay, why don't we backtrack? Why don't I'll, we backtrack? I'll change, I'll change the, the, the Let's backtrack a second. Okay. Today, we, we, we wanted to bring you on here today also because we've had a pretty major change in China recently. Um, obviously, we know the last few years have been, uh, you know, really hitting the F&B industry hard, right? And now um, there seems to be kind of a little bit of new hope as things are, as China is normalizing again, you know, now that the COVID restrictions have pulled back. And so I'm really interested to know, how is that affecting your business? And have you seen a change in attitude from restaurant owners? So my business is primarily expat focused because I only publish in English, well, mostly in English. So my demographic of uh, clients they are still targeting, let's say, the returning Chinese or bilingual, bicultural Chinese plus expats. I would say the biggest um, noticeable trends in terms of advertising, if you're, if you're referring to, is that everyone's holding on to their chips and they're not going to go until mid-March. Okay. Um, and in terms of who they're targeting, I'd still say... For me, they're targeting expats, the same same as I said before. But the let's say the new the the new blood won't come in until September. Of course, there will be a lot. Hundred percent agree. Yeah, a, a lot of it will be trickle in, like you know bits and bobs here and there, CEO at whichever Fortune five hundred company. But like the big rush will only happen in September, and we're hoping for it to be at least September. You yeah. know, because it's not going to be for be any time before then. 
And um, because of the new policy change, policy change, meaning like China is open again. Well, they are, but they're not giving out tourist visas as far as I know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's just at the start of this. Well, I mean, that still goes to my first question is what, like, what's the thing? Like, what, if people are coming into China right now, like, we have customers, thank goodness, that we have customers that are coming in to Takalicious from, like, airlines, and um, the the people are coming back a little bit, right? Where would you recommend them to go? If well, they want to eat food. There's plenty. Oh, you want to talk about specific places? Well, specific places. I, I, could, I could give both sides to that. One, I could give specific places, and two, I could answer your first question about trends. So specific places, I think, if you're talking about fresh off the boat, fresh off the plane, whatever it is, uh, people who are coming into Shanghai or to China, I think they'll still be looking at the traditional media of websites and SEO-generated pages mm -hmm. because they haven't learned how to use DMPing. They haven't learned the crazy world that is WeChat, WeChat groups, WeChat accounts, and all of that. So they're still going to go through like the traditional media of like searching online, what's in my area, Best restaurants, so like Shanghai places. best restaurants, stuff like that. Which, yeah, which you like do, that. which you provide, like via your website, right, for people who are coming in. Which I do, yes. Um, and then that's one way, and definitely, like the first person, the first friend you meet, you're definitely going to ask them for recommendations. So I think that's the beginning of that, and I think they will target like, you know, all the classics, Lebec, Mr. and Mrs. Bun, Pollux, places that have been written a, a lot about before. You know, if you have a good track record and people feel like, hey, I'm going to recommend this place, or if your rankings on searches are, are trending, mm -hmm. then I think that those are the first few places people are going to go to. Also, like, the bigger names, like Hakkasan, there is a Hakkasan in Shanghai. Oh, it's safe. I'm going to go to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? fair enough, yeah. But to answer your question about trends, like, what are the hot restaurants this year? Um, I think... Or what are the trends for hot restaurants this year? I think people are still going to play it safe. You know, like I said, keeping their chips close to their heart. They're going to go with small to mid-sized venues. Okay. With small to mid-sized menus. Um, that's primarily Western restaurants. I would say Chinese restaurants are, you know, going to do whatever they're doing. Yeah. Nothing's going to stop them, like... You know, from, from opening, I, I just went to a new development called Mix C in Suzhou Creek. So they have a couple of Mix C developments. Like, it's like, I know what that is, yeah. 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 So then their newest one opened in, uh, just on the Hongkou side in, um, by Suzhou Creek. It's right next to the Bulgari Hotel. And it's mostly all open, just waiting for a couple more restaurants like Shibo, Xinjiang Food to open. Mm -hmm. But I'd say there's a Lunaire uh, bakery, ice cream, coffee on the, Upper floor, street facing, there is a cellar to table, which does like Western French food, bistro, wine. So this is like another like complex type this of is place. A complex. Okay. It's a mall. It is a full on mall. Okay. But it's F and B driven. It's like I want to say seventy percent F and B. Yeah. And the Chinese restaurants I went there for lunch, people start queuing at ten thirty. Wow. And it's busy till three. Now this is something I think is very interesting for the people back in the West. There's a lot of different Chinese food. Like Rachel said, Xinjiang food. There's there's food that, like, there's uh, how many different municipalities in China? Or, or, or not just Han Chinese, but there's a lot well, of so regions? Well, regions. For, Chi Chine well for, for Chinese food, there are, like, the eight classic cuisines, right? There, there are eight classic cuisines. and then But then that's just kind of, like, the very basis of, of Chinese food. And most of those probably 
people would not really know. Um, and But then outside of that, there's many more, like obviously regional, the way you would find in any country. The majority of, of Chinese food that people are getting in the West is Cantonese-inspired. Yeah, yeah, it's mostly Hong Kong. Um, You're going to get like a lot of Hong Kong food in the States. Uh, and uh, Rachel, you're from Malaysia, right? Yep. Malaysia, truly Asia. Best yes. Best, best airline ad ever. Um, <laughs> so Please pay for me, so Malaysia where Airlines. Where does the conversation go? Yeah. Yes, oh, back, please, Malaysia Airlines. Back to, back to this. No, but I mean, um, Malaysian food is also going to be a wonderful... Uh, well, in Malaysia, we have a lot of Cantonese food, which, I mean, all of our Chinese food comes from China. Yeah. Like, for me, my... I wouldn't say ethnicity. Like my background is Fujian, and it's not like I've been to Fujian or anything. But Fujianese food has similarities to Cantonese food, but it's also very, very different. Yeah. So like you have all these, and Cantonese is one of the great eights. Yeah. But Fujian food is not. I don't know. Like I can't remember. I don't think the great eight. Oh, what are the great eights? I've never heard this before. uh, Siri, where are you? (laughs) Yeah, the the great eights. Um, I would have to. I would have to look it up because they're. Probably ones that you're not super familiar with. So it'd be like Fujian. Uh... It and it's not Shanghainese. It's like um, well, let's no. Let's... I wrote. I was, I actually we. Jiangzhe cai. It's Jiangzhe. Yeah. Um, I did. I did an article about this kind of thing once upon a time. Um, well, like for the po- the folks back in the West, like Shanghainese food is going to be a little bit more sweeter. Uh, I beg to differ, but yes. You beg to differ, but yes. What, what would you describe Shanghai? Okay, it's not okay. The, the, it's right, not spicy. It is sweeter, but I feel like it's it's sort of like pigeonholed because all of the the signature dishes, if you would, are sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say for because like, what I'm getting at the overall picture I'm, I'm trying to describe is China is such a diverse culture of great, amazingly great food, and like different cities have different things. Like in the U.S., we have Manhattan. You you think pizza, hot dogs. You think San Francisco is going to be uh, 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 clam chowder and sourdough bread. There's different things, but chi- people don't realize in China we have such a diverse food culture. Yeah, so the um, – the <laughs> should I, I pulled up the eight great. Do you yeah, guys want yeah, it? it? Should I read them? Okay, so uh, the eight great are uh, Anhui cuisine, uh, Cantonese, Guangdong cuisine, Fujian, Hunan, Jiangsu, Shandong, Sichuan and Zhejiang. Yeah, I got them completely wrong. Yeah, those are, so those are the, you know, and probably most people have not heard of any any of these except for Cantonese, right? But those are the those are the eight great. But then of course we we have there's a million other types, right? Every single region even by cities, you know, have re- no, really no, specific cuisine. For our longtime um, listeners, uh, Kelvin who's not here today has those tattooed on his face. Yeah. <laughs> um so okay, so back back to back to talking about like China um, opening up and stuff. I have a question actually for both of you, which is like, over the past few years, have you like Rachel for you? Have you recommended to clients? And Logan for you, have you thought about clients in terms of like who you're, who people should be marketing to? Like, have have you shifted to trying to get more Chinese customers in? Rachel, have you helped restaurants question, yeah. try to focus I'll more on the local? Logan answer this. Question. Yeah. Okay. Because because I feel like before Logan, you're kind of an you're you're kind of a you're obviously a Western restaurant, right? Um, yeah. a Western inspired restaurant. You're a taco place. So a lot of obviously a lot of your clientele are foreigners, though you also 
have a big mix of Chinese in here as well, but you know, have you had to shift a bit your folk, your marketing focus to, you know, no, that's, hit a, that's more a, it's local a great people. question. Like we've been doing uh, all the Western social media, like TripAdvisor, uh, everything we can do, mm -hmm. which is such a different thing. Like I, I really don't feel that people understood what happened to us for the yeah. last three years here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's in a way like I don't want to depress people, so we. Won't be depressing no, about we're it, gonna say we're gonna call it out. It was, they, it they're gonna call us babies, and we're gonna say "fuck you." You're a baby. You try. <laughs> you try going through what we went through. Yeah. Rachel had to get wine to her house through a basket. Police system to the third floor. All right. <laughs> Priorities. Gotta These are first world in. problems. Um, no, no, but no, we, we've for, been closed. For... We've been closed off to the rest of the world. Where normally a lot of your clientele would have been things like visiting visiting expats, new expats coming in to work, to live, uh, to visit, whatever, you know, and we have not had that at all for the past three, more yeah. than three years now. It was now, an absolute right? nightmare. Yeah. Like, that's, let's be real. It was an absolute nightmare. It's, yeah. it's done. We've all survived it. Thank God. Well, so how have you had Let to change? How, how have restaurants had to adapt to that? So we've all had to think about things that we don't think about normally. Like WeChat is such a prevalent uh, ambivalent thing in our lives. Mm -hmm. But Westerners, people coming from anywhere else but China don't have WeChat. Yeah. And so we're like, oh, we have to give you a physical business card. Mm -hmm. We haven't done that in years. Yeah. I, have, I, like, I was like, oh, shoot, I have to reprint my business cards. Like, we have a lot of things that are internally make sense to us, but now you're judged by a bigger audience, and you're like, oh, no, I didn't know that you guys were like this. Mm -hmm. We've missed that half of things. Because these three years of abandonment, we've just been by ourselves. <laughs> so, so have you? So how no, how we, have we, you? Our social media presence has gone stronger. Instagram, Facebook, everything like that has been picking up mm -hmm. versus we didn't need it before. Yeah, and but so that so that was kind of to still let people know outside of here that you're doing stuff. But what about like get actually getting people into the well, restaurant? What we're doing? Like yeah. I am flirting uh, very seriously with a lot of flight attendants right now. Okay. Make sure. Well, no, you've also done your channel and all the videos. Yeah, we do channels. We do videos. Which are which, which are linked are to WeChat. So like channels is is a is a page of WeChat that is video-driven content. Mm -hmm. And it's not like TikTok. You can upload, what is it, three minutes long? I don't know. There, there is a limit, but um, it's linked. You can link it to your official WeChat account, which is like Facebook. And then Facebook, you do Reels. So it's kind of like that. On Instagram, yeah. Yeah, on Instagram. Yeah. So it's like all, all LinkedIn. Um, and, and that's a way for, for getting foot traffic because it's also geotagged. Mm-hmm. So. And so, so have you, Rachel, have you seen people like really have to shift their focus to who they're targeting over the past few years? So I'll do a little bit about me uh, and what I've done. So I started Nonfluence uh, just a year and a half before the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. And during the pandemic, while China was locked in, I never really shifted my focus. I did a little bit of Chinese content, but I never really shifted my focus because I would say I'm... I'm targeting a niche market. Yeah, you're quite niche, yeah. And that market will always be there, mm -hmm. um, even though it's shrinking. But I would say from my client's perspective, um, they're definitely shifted more of their budget into uh, monetizing DMPing. Yeah. So DMPing is, I mean, their back end is wild. So I also do marketing and consulting for, for restaurants. And if they ask me, oh, what's a good Chinese media platform to do advertising like how we do on yours? I say, None, just go into DMPing. 
Yeah. Because right. what you're paying on other Chinese media platforms is a premium of maybe 80,000, 60,000 per post, which is one single post. What mm -hmm. is that in US dollars? Uh, $10,000. for an article that goes out once. Yeah. I mean, granted, it has a lot of production value. Like, the photos are great. I'm sure they write in great detail. I'm sure they, they hire some writers who actually know the difference between whatever they're writing about. But it's one and done. Mm -hmm. But Yinping, everyone goes to Yinping first. Yeah. And so that's what I've noticed. It's a lot more people putting a little bit more effort onto Dimping. Yeah. Now, that's a, actually, uh, you bring up an interesting point. What, is, what would be your qualifications to do food reviews and stuff? Obviously, you like food and restaurants and beverages and everything like that. Like, what would be the bona, f bona fides for that? Ooh. Like the difference between Rachel and an everyday Dimping user? Yeah. A, a normal customer? Well, again, I wouldn't say that I'm a reviewer because I don't, I don't go undercover to any place. I would. I don't do that intentionally. Mm -hmm. But I would say if you, if it's a Dianping everyday user or everyday commenter, or everyday foodie, I would say the main difference between that and like a critic is the knowledge. Fair enough. Yeah. And and that's really it. The knowledge. You don't really even have to write that well. Like you can get someone else to write for you. But it's to know whether is this terrine bland or is it? Well, you have to have a base, right? You'd be like, okay, this is a this terrine is bland, but why is it bland? You've had terrine that was like, yeah, you know, you know what I mean. There has to be a base level to say, okay, I'm yeah, it's lacking salt or whatever. But then it's also there's well, there's something else that I would I would add to like why uh, I have a particular respect for it the writing that you do and, and your opinion about things. And that's the inside access as well. You are friends and, and can not, not just friends. I mean, you have many friends, associates, uh, I, I don't know how to say it, uh, colleagues, clients who work in F and B. And so, you know, not only the, the side, the lifestyle side, but the industry side. Right. And so you, you've been inside a lot of these kitchens you've seen the good and the bad with what chefs and restaurants are going through and you, like a lot of this knowledge you've acquired has come directly from the other side not only as a person dining in restaurants and so I think that you add something that people won't get from from just someone who's walking into a restaurant and trying it for sure I mean it's you know if I want to compare that to other critics that I know <laughs> <laughs> this one in particular, I'm not going to name him, um, but, you know, he's he's quite a hallmark of what actual critics would be, which is you have to be as unbiased as possible. And this is why I say I'm not a critic is because I am biased. I'm biased every time I write an article because I know how how hard it is to do these things. I'm not just going to say, like, your food is shit because it is shit. Yeah. You know, like. If I'm going to say, if, if it is bad, like, how bad is it? Am I paying 4,000 RMB for a plate of pasta? Mm -hmm. If it's bad, then I got to say it's bad because you're going to charge me this much and you have so much yeah. prestige behind that. Yeah, it's bad. But if it's like, I don't know, a yakitori and that one skewer has no flavor at all. <laughs> Am I going to give them shit for 18 quads? Yeah, who cares? It's more of a no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Logan. The dad jokes. 
That's that's one. It's one. one. We all get three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a very fair point. I mean, Rachel, honestly, like when you write reviews, I we know where you're coming from in terms of it's a good review, and I uh, like. I, I like to see what the follow-up is because if I have the same idea, I have it. If I don't have it, also, I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't know this was like that. So what you're going with is, like, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and I also try to factor in that, you know, it's just my opinion and my opinion is not everyone's opinion. I'm always, I always try to be cautious to make that sentence read that way. It's like, I think I do not like this. But, you know, yeah. someone else would, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, Personally, you know, I, I had a very brief time when I was writing critical reviews when I worked at uh, Time Out some years ago. And then once leaving that kind of position, I, I have found that over the past five years or so, I am really just, like, not fucking interested in, like, someone's very critical opinion of a restaurant. Like, I'm more interested in just learning what it's about, right? Like, I want to know kind of the things that you're telling me. Like, okay, this is how this is prepared. This is why they're doing it. This is what's on the menu. Go find out yourself, you know? And that's kind of what I always get from from your platform and your articles. And I want to go and form my own opinion. Like, someone tells me, okay, like, if I have a friend who's like, yeah, I went to this restaurant and it sucks. I'm like, I don't really give a shit what you think because like my palate is going to be different and I will have a different understanding of food. I'll order different dishes, right? I just want to know, I want to know what's going on. And that, that for me is kind of at this point in my life, more interested, more interesting. And that's what I like to do with my own writing as well. Like to inform and champion places rather than critique them. Right. And I think that that's something that I don't know, let, lets the user form their own opinion and also helps the restaurants because we do know how hard these places work, mm -hmm. right? And you, and you don't just want to shit all over somewhere or or over, you know, over, be like over elated about something, you know, like maybe if, if you also write like a glowingly positive review and then someone goes there and they don't like it, then they'll be like, well, this person doesn't know what they, you know, what, like, no matter what you say, people are going to, People are going to be unhappy with it, and so I like information rather than for sure. You know, and then strong opinion. Yeah, you know, like like you said, I, I have a lot of friends and acquaintances in F and B. That's basically my close friend circle, yeah. and and it's been. I would say that doesn't make me a better food critic, but I would say it's. it's I mean, a, I think it does. <laughs> it does. It does contribute to it, but it's. I say that that is why Nonfluence is manages to be so successful is because it has the backing of yeah. people in the industry. And on that point, there's also one more thing I consider when I write about restaurants is especially Western restaurants because you have to tailor to the local market. Yeah. For example, if the French food has the, no the level of salt French food needs, you'll chase away all the Chinese customers. Yeah. I'm saying like, I'm not that kind of person who loves too much salt, but I like my food salty. Yeah. However, to the next properly person, salted, properly right? salted, yeah. like you got to put nice big chunks of sea salt on my steak, yeah. please. But then for some places, you know, you kind of have to tone it down, which I completely get. So when I write that, I don't say it's bland. Yeah. I'd say it's light. Yeah. There's, there's a big That's difference. That's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. I think that obviously places have to cater to their major demographic which will always be the local diner right yeah now with that said what would you think 
as a sleeper that we should be missing, we shouldn't be missing out on in terms of food or anything that you're like, wow, this is exciting. This is super cool. And nobody really gives it enough attention. You mean now? No, I mean yesterday. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, like. In... That was two. Huh? <laughs> Out of three dad jokes, that was two. <laughs> We're only halfway through. Um, so in terms of what people shouldn't be missing out on, I don't know. It's Shanghai. Shanghai's. It's a diversity. It's, it's, it's so growing much. at all times. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much food here to like dig into. I mean, I would say my ultimate favorite restaurant is still Lebec, even though I only go Villa like... Villa Lebec? Yeah, Villa Lebec. Respect to Which Villa is Lebec. French. Which is yes. French. French. It's yeah. rustic French, but like... Tureen in a jar, and it's delicious. Oh my god, the pâté en croûte, and the... Oh, it's <laughs> all delicious. Like, they, they do... I don't think they've even changed the menu. They probably do a couple of seasonal specials or chef specials, but like, every time I go, I go for the same thing, and it's the same. Massive portions... It's not cheap, but, like, you go there for an occasional... It's a treat, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a treat. I'm more of a creature of habit. Like, if I wasn't going to Lebec, I go to Cuive quite often, which is also a French restaurant, which is also rustic, but it's more easygoing. It's more like, yeah, I could go there once a month sort of sort of place. Mm -hmm. What place is it? Sorry. Cuivre. Q-U-I-V-R-E means copper. Oh, I thought it was Michael's place, right? Yeah, it Michael's is. Yeah, place. Mike's, yeah. I thought it was Quave. <laughs> I'm not even speaking to the mic that loud. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was Quave the whole time. Quave, yeah. <laughs> That's what my friends that own that place. <laughs> yeah, I go there. I go now to, you know. I go to Hayaki, which is a Japanese-inspired yakitori. This fancy woman. Guys, you're I mean, just saying the nicest place. Yakitori is not I. that fancy. You could go there and spend 800 or you could go there and spend 250 uh, It really depends on what you go for. Hey, so 800 RMB is about uh, 115 USD. Uh, 50 RMB is about 5 USD. 250 Roughly 250 Yeah. So uh, I, I go to McDonald's, guys. It's a very, very <laughs> nice restaurant. I don't know if you guys have heard about it or Taco Bell. Delicious. Two, 250 is... 40, oh, a little 40, 40, 40, 40, 40 bucks, yeah. yeah, 40 yeah. Bucks. So, you know, highballs 50, which is like, what again? Well, that's the thing. Okay, let's get, let's get into this. Like, uh, for Shanghai, we have our own culture. So a cocktail will be about 65 RMB, normally. What? 65 to 100 RMB. Where are Depends you drinking? Yeah, here. I, I, yeah, I'm just trying to, like, no. low ball to highball. I, okay, I, I, I would say that, I, that I, I mean, that would be the very like a, low like, end I'm, I'm these days. I'm saying, like, a highball. Too, not like a okay, mix. a highball, yeah. I feel highball like highball being a, like a mix of vodka or, uh, sorry, alcohol plus uh, soda or yeah. yeah. Co cocktails I, here are really expensive. I think a, a cocktail at a at a like at a well-known cocktail bar, I guess, would be ninety to one twenty right now, yeah. which is you know uh, That's the norm. Fifteen to thirty dollars. Fifteen to twenty-five dollars. Yes. Yeah. Which is very like uh, for the West, we don't have these things. We don't know. Uh, also, also, I, I'd say it's it's pretty close, like on par with New York, I guess, in terms of pricing. And yeah, Hong Kong, Hong Kong. Yeah, Hong Kong. Yeah, I mean Shanghai. Th this is this is China's cosmopolitan city. Like things are expensive. Yeah, and that's how much you're gonna pay. But for you also a have some yeah. really good happy hours, and I, that's what yeah. I love about this city. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, it's a drinking city. It's a very wet city in that aspect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. There are many, many, many bars, many places to drink. Um, and on all kind of, I, I guess I'm saying that's the price range for the kind of places I like to drink. So, yeah. like, what I'm Obviously saying is. Obviously, you can find cheaper. Now, who's the food? fancy lady? 
Huh? <laughs> oh, you know, I don't know. You know, like I'm, you know, I'm older now. I I'm not, I mean, if I'm, yeah, I'm often, when I'm just going out, I'll just drink a highball, right? But if I'm going for a cocktail, I, like I don't want it to suck. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to Absolutely. admit that, yeah. Yeah, we don't want anything to suck. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> No, but plenty of people will drink at like these kind of shit places where you're going to have that mojito with not enough lime juice, you know, that we were talking about but earlier. Is that, is that a thing like you think we've aged out of that and you're just too old to be in that? I, okay, well, for me, I think it's, it's a lot having to do with my, with my job and, like, the knowledge that I've acquired over the years. Like, I just have, <laughs> whatever, like, I have more refined taste now. I'm, I'm pickier than I used to be, right? And, and some of it is age. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm in my 30s and I'm not really looking to go get drunk on, on shitty alcohol. Yes, yeah. which is why I never go to Cesarea. Yeah. <laughs> So Sazeria is a it's an Italian restaurant. It, they, let's say Italian in in quotes, okay? <laughs> yeah. They have the, the escargot is pretty bomb there. Oh what? They have escargot. Oh my god! I would yeah. never. Okay, this is a place where you play like a dollar fifty for a plate of pasta. It's like very no frills. This kind of chained throughout. You didn't die China. from eating the escargot. Twelve years on, still doing. <laughs> oh my god! Still shining, still shining. I would never dare. No way. I would never dare. That that is ballsy. Logan. Big Caesarea, guys. Um, if you want to influence us and pay us money, <laughs> we'll, we'll take those bonies from you. Oh my god. Well. No, but yeah. okay. So in in all things closing, like we think Shanghai. Obviously, we're optimists and we really care about the city. and We love the city. We're very happy to be here. Yeah. What we, do we think is going on here? Yeah, why don't we say a few things that we're hoping for this, what we are hoping to yeah. see this year. I'm like hoping the people freaking come back. Like, yeah. it's fine. It's, it's, it's better than fine. Like, for all my friends who, like, left during the December period when COVID was rampant, right? When they, when they announced that, oh, COVID's no more. Go out, make each other sick, and get over it. Excellent. Mm-hmm. But also damning for FNB. But a lot of people left during that time. They went home. They went traveling. They went to see, like, which other country can, which other city I can move into. Yeah. And then, to be honest, most of the ones that came back, like, what I would call Shanghai lifers, they say, like, no, nowhere beats Shanghai. Because <laughs> you can't trade off, like, if, if we're talking about food, the great diversity that we have here. Yeah. Plus, on the living side, like, all the ease of access it's a convenient it's city so yeah. convenient it's very convenient well i feel like uh, with, with shanghai and this is something i shouldn't understate like rachel's made her own career from her voice which is absolutely amazing uh alicia same thing made her own voice like i've made my own things and shanghai is one of those cities that if you put the work in you get results yeah this is a, a real life thing and i think that's why we like living here yeah. Like, you worked hard to do what you do. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity here. But you I have think. to work for the opportunity. You yeah, can't you do. be like some guy or some person saying, oh, uh, I'm really cool. I went to Stanford. I'm going to get it. Yeah, no, no slackers in yeah. Shanghai. You have to be self-motivated, which is why Rachel's on the show right now. We think this kind of stuff is so interesting because it takes a lot to make your own identity in a city of 26 million people. It's it's definitely a, a city that attracts hungry people in all sense of yes. the word. Yes. And I mean, it's not like, you know, back in 2015, 2014, which is, I would say, the last golden years of Shanghai. Um, but still, I would say what you would take five years to achieve in New York in terms of startups and your own business and your own name, you could probably do here in two. Yeah. 
Yeah, as long as you had something interesting. Yeah. I think you could do it quicker, but then it's also, it's like snowboarding and skiing. Snowboarding is very easy to pick up. It's hard to master. Skiing is very hard to pick up, but it's easy to master. Hmm. Say people that ski. Uh, <laughs> I've never done either, so. I've, I've only done snowboarding and skiing when my brother tried to kill me. Um, so what are you guys hoping for? What, what do you want to see this year? Uh, Hooters. Um, Jesus, Logan. <laughs> so, uh, hey, honestly, it's the best restaurant chain. They came through <laughs> twice. Didn't work out two times. It's such a great chain. They upsell you every time you go there. they got to hire better models, though. Well, that's not, I mean, I don't, I'm not worried about the models. I like the upsells. Okay. I'll say something that that's, I'm, that's I'm hoping for, <laughs> that I'm hoping for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of the return of innovation and creativity. I feel like the last few years, people have really had to understandably do everything they could to just survive and keep their doors open, right? And so the focus has been on, like, how do I, how do I keep my business afloat, right? Whereas I think before this, people were kind of, like, putting out all kinds of new exciting concepts and ideas all the time, right? And, and for me, that, that's been a little stagnant recently. So I, I would like to see people getting back to themselves and kind of pursuing the things about food and drink that they love, which, it, which I think a lot of times is creativity well, and innovation. Stagnant, I would say, is a very kind word of putting it. It's like <laughs> stale as fuck. Yeah. I, but I, you are right. We're, well, we we're, were all hoping. Yeah. That's, the whole thing is we were in a bubble that nobody had. Yeah. And unfortunately, in the history of the world, nobody ever had this situation that happened to us. Yeah, yeah. In, in its own way, like the only people I could talk to were YouTube or like people I know in person. Yeah. And we all have the same tastes. Yeah. Because yeah. we've only talked to each other for three years. Yeah. yeah. Well, so yeah, I'm I'm hoping people are able to kind of get back to that cool side of things and and do the stuff that they love about this industry, right? Not only um, not only work for survival. Really hope so. Let's let's bring on those tourist visas. Everyone, yeah. <laughs> tourist visas. Let's bring back the bund. Yeah. Let's make the bund great again. You've been saying that now. I know for like a year. I want the bund back. I want to be back at a nightclub. <laughs> so much more fun. Mm. But uh, uh, guys, with anything else to say, uh, thank you so much, Rachel, for your time and your energy. Uh, we love your reviews. And uh, Logan out. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Thanks for coming, Rachel. We'll have you on again soon. Talk about stuff maybe six months down the road, see how it's going. Yeah, and if you're listening to this, come to Shanghai. Don't be scared. Yeah, visit us, please. Check out, uh, and make sure you guys check out Nomfluence online on Instagram and on web, which is nomfluence.com. Yes, All I'm right. everywhere. Yeah, find her. Thanks, guys. Nomfluence. See you next Rachel time. Rachel, G-O-U-K. <laughs> right? Yep. Bye. Bye.